American Catholic History is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hello and welcome to American Catholic History, sponsored by Beatrix Media, providing writing, digital marketing, website strategy and construction, and search engine optimization services. Visit BeatrixMedia.com. Experience your world communicated. If you like American Catholic History, please help others find it by sharing this episode and giving us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Noelle Heaster-Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Today we're talking about the attack on Pearl Harbor and Father Aloysius Schmidt, the Catholic priest who helped save many sailors at the cost of his own life. This is the fourth military chaplain we've talked about and the third who died doing his job, caring for souls in the most extreme circumstances. The first was the Grunt Padre, Father Vincent Capadano, who was a Navy chaplain who served with the Marines and was gunned down in Vietnam. We talked about him in episode 53. The second was Father Emil Capen, an army chaplain who was taken prisoner of war in Korea and died in the POW camp as a result of his extreme efforts to protect and serve his men. We told his story in episode 99. We also talked about Father Francis Duffy, who served with distinction in World War I, but he made it home. His story was episode 121. Today's story is a bit shorter than all three of those because today's main character died younger than they did, and he lived a pretty straightforward, solid, but uneventful kind of life before his spectacular final act. And we should note that this week's episode is in tandem with a two-part episode of Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World, our sister podcast on the StarQuest network. Both of our shows are doing special Pearl Harbor-themed episodes this week in honor of the 80th anniversary of the attack back in 1941. As we said, we are talking about Father Aloysius Smith, and Jimmy is exploring whether there was a conspiracy to get America into the war through the surprise Japanese attack. Also, if you listen to Jimmy's two-parter, you'll hear us lend our voices to his show. We provided readings of excerpts and transcripts from source materials. You can find Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World in all of the usual podcast places, as well as at sqpn.com mysterious. So on with our episode and the simple but heroic story of Father Aloysius Schmidt. Aloysius Schmidt was born on December 4th, 1909 in the town of St. Lucas, Iowa. He was the youngest of 10 children born to Henry and Marianna Schmidt. The family was Catholic, and that's about all we know about his childhood. He attended Columbia College in Dubuque, Iowa, what is now known as Loris College. Then he entered formation for the priesthood and was sent to Rome. He studied at the North American College and was ordained for the Diocese of Dubuque on December 8, 1935. He served at a couple of parishes in the diocese for the next four years before requesting permission to become a Navy chaplain in 1939. Odd for a boy from Iowa farm country to choose the Navy rather than the Army, but hey, I'm from industrial Ohio and I felt the call to the Navy chaplaincy also. Yeah, maybe it's because both of you are from the interior of the country and you wanted to see the world aboard a ship rather than staying on the ground even more. It could be. I, I mean, I'm from Massachusetts and I totally understand the call of the sea. Yeah, it could be. I feel very landlocked here in Ohio. That's good for you. So, Father Schmidt went to Navy Chaplain School, which was at the College of William and Mary at the time. He was made a Lieutenant JG and appointed as a chaplain on June 28, 1939. His first assignment was at Quantico Marine Barracks, which is along the Potomac River in Virginia, a little ways south of Washington, D.C. 
In early 1940, he spent seven weeks aboard the USS Yorktown, one of our aircraft carriers at the time, and in March of that year, he was assigned to the battleship USS Oklahoma. The Oklahoma was a Nevada-class battleship. She had been built just before World War I, with her keel laid in 1912, but she didn't receive her first commission until 1916. She saw some action in World War I, mainly as an escort for troop ships. After a number of modernizations and repairs and a host of missions around the world, the Navy had planned to retire the aging Oklahoma in 1942. Fate, of course, had other plans. In 1940, with the Japanese becoming increasingly aggressive, the U.S. moved the home port of the Pacific Fleet from San Diego to Pearl Harbor. This was done as a projection of power to deter the Japanese from encroaching any further on American interests. There's a whole lot to the story of how the attack occurred, what the motivation for it might have been, what the U.S. intelligence community knew or didn't know, and for all of that, we commend to you the episodes of Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World on this topic. Topic. For our purposes, we're just diving right into that fateful day. That day of infamy, as President Roosevelt called it. Yes, December 7th, 1941. The day was Sunday, and it was the day before the sixth anniversary of Father Schmidt's ordination, of course, the Immaculate Conception. And three days after his birthday. And three days after his 32nd, 32nd birthday. birthday. Father Schmidt had 7 a.m. mass aboard the ship, so he likely was awake by 6 a.m. He would have promptly read his breviary and then maybe gone out for some exercise, perhaps a run on deck. He wouldn't have had breakfast before mass, but likely heard some confessions. He would have vested in five or ten minutes prior to the beginning of mass, and with his servers, stepped out for introibo auto tare day at 7 a.m. sharp. It was the second Sunday of Advent, so his sermon likely would have been on hope in Christ and preparing our souls for the coming of the Christ child. Mass likely would have been about 45 minutes, so he would have been just finishing up taking off his vestments and preparing himself for whatever was next in his day, perhaps another mass, when the ship was struck by two torpedoes just seconds apart. Being deep within the ship's belly at the time, Father and the men with him likely would have been stunned momentarily by the shock and probably knocked off their feet. The noise of the impact and explosion would have been disorienting. But then the training kicks in. For the men, since they had no idea of the severity of the damage, the trained reaction was to man battle stations. Only enemy action could have caused what had happened. For Father Schmidt, his trained reaction was to seek those who needed his aid, helping rescue anyone injured and seeing to the salvation of anyone dying. The first two torpedoes badly damaged the ship, but they did not breach the hull. The Oklahoma was crippled, but she was still afloat. Just a few minutes later, however, three more torpedoes would strike her, with the third striking very near where the first two had hit. This third one ruptured the hull, causing the Oklahoma to begin taking on water and listing to port. At this point, all were scrambling to abandon ship. Father Schmidt and a group of twelve sailors made it into a chamber with a small porthole. Father helped to push the men out one by one through the porthole, and then he began to go through himself. But then he heard more men in the chamber beneath him. He ordered the men who were pulling him through to push him back in so he could help those other men to escape. He and they all knew that this likely meant he would not get out alive. But back in he went and helped more men escape the doomed ship. Within minutes, the Oklahoma had capsized. Only her masts striking the seabed stopped her rolling entirely upside down. Father Schmidt was among the 429 men who died on the Oklahoma that day. 
He was the first chaplain of any denomination to die in World War II. The Oklahoma remained capsized for two more years as the U.S. ramped up its war machine and went to war in both Europe and the Pacific. In 1942, the Navy determined that the Oklahoma was salvageable and also that she had to be moved because she was partially blocking the main navigation channel in and out of Pearl Harbor. So in 1943, she was refloated and rolled over. Navy crews went into the ship for the macabre duty of removing all human remains that could be found. The Oklahoma was towed to dry dock, where she was repaired enough that she could be floated back to the mainland and sold for parts and scrap metal. But partway across the Pacific from Hawaii, a violent storm rose and the Oklahoma sank beneath the waves, plunging deep into the Pacific. No attempts have been made to find her final resting place. Those bodies that were recovered from the Oklahoma in 1943 were buried in Hawaii, the vast majority of them unidentifiable. In 1944, the Navy presented to the Archdiocese of Dubuque a 24-inch tall crucifix in honor of Father Schmidt. The cross was made of teak wood taken from the deck of the Oklahoma, and the corpus was made from the ship's metal. In 1947, Loris College dedicated their new Christ the King Chapel to the memory of Father Schmidt, and they included in the lobby a display of items that had belonged to him. Present at the dedication were both Cardinal Samuel Stritch of Chicago and Admiral Chester Nimitz, commander of the Pacific Fleet during World War II. But the story of Father Schmidt wasn't over. Modern technology has made many things possible that were not previously possible. In 2015, the Navy began using DNA identification techniques to positively identify as many remains as possible. In 2016, using DNA from a relative of Father Schmidt's, the Navy was able to identify his remains and return him to his home in St. Lucas, Iowa. On October 5, 2016, he was received home where a memorial mass was offered at his home parish of St. Luke. Three days later, his funeral mass was offered at Christ the King Chapel at Loris College. A con-celebrating priest at that mass was actually a friend of mine, Father Daniel Mode. Father Mode is a priest of Arlington, a Navy chaplain, and author of the book The Grunt Padre, which is a biography of Father Vince Capadano, whom we mentioned before. Well, before that funeral mass began, Father Mode noted that among the items in the display case in the lobby was Father Schmidt's chalice, the same chalice he'd used at that 7 a.m. mass on December 7, 1941. Father Mode asked if they could use it for this mass, so they did. So fitting. And what a tremendous memorial to a priest who gave his life so others may live. I know. It's just, it, the symbolism is just so rich. Yeah. Father Schmidt's remains were returned to St. Lucas, where he was buried in St. Luke's Cemetery. For his service, he was awarded the Navy and Marine Corps Medal, the Asiatic and Pacific Campaign Medal, and the Purple Heart. But perhaps the greatest honor is the testimony of his family, friends, and those whom he helped to live that day, all of whom remembered him fondly. Bob Burns, who was among those sailors Father Schmidt helped save, said of him, He was one of the finest men I had ever known. It was an honor knowing him. You've been listening to American Catholic History, sponsored by Beatrix Media on the StarQuest Production Network. If you've been enjoying our podcast, please help others find it by sharing this episode and by giving us a five-star rating and a good review. Be sure to check out our sponsor, Beatrix Media, providing writing, digital marketing, website strategy and construction, and search engine optimization services. Visit BeatrixMedia.com. Experience your world communicated. Also, 
Please support the many fine productions of SQPN at sqpn.com slash give. To learn more about Pearl Harbor and Father Aloysius Schmidt, to find previous episodes, or to learn about our upcoming pilgrimages to important and unforgettable Catholic holy sites like Washington, D.C. and Maryland, close to Quantico Marine Base, please visit AmericanCatholicHistory.org. And be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter for the latest information and updates. We also love feedback and hearing about great Catholic history sites and stories from all over. You can email us at history at sqpn.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash American Catholic History, on Instagram at ACH underscore podcast, or follow us on Twitter at ACH1513. I'm Noelle Hester Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Thank you once again for joining us on American Catholic History, sponsored by Beatrix Media and produced by StarQuest. Hi, everyone. This is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. This past year, the StarQuest Network has continued to expand our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming we've been creating for more than a decade. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts may be tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com give. That's sqpn.com give. May God bless you this Advent, and may you have a blessed Christmas season.